You're listening to the Biblicist Podcast, designed to equip, challenge, and encourage believers to look at life through the lens of Scripture. If you have any questions about today's episode or have a topic you would like to hear on this podcast, please email us at thebiblicistpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us on our fourth episode of The Biblicist. We are going to dive into a question that involves uh, the book of Revelation and heaven. Um, so with that in mind, uh, just something to keep in mind for for, for me personally, I, I think we need to be careful when reading about prophecies in regards to future events that haven't happened yet, um, because there is always going to be somewhat of guesswork with that, especially in the book of Revelation, um, because um, we it hasn't happened yet, and so it's much easier to see a prophecy fulfilled uh, than to explain um, a prophecy that is yet to happen. So just be careful with that. Um, as far as uh, heaven is concerned, my pastor has done a great uh, sermon series. Joel Coburnett preached an excellent series on heaven, uh, and if you'd like to check that out, you can check that out at crosspointdavenport.com. Um, and uh, go to the sermons page and click on the Heaven uh, logo, um, and the whole series is right there. Um, and he's preached that a couple of years ago. Yeah, he did a great job. Um, he recommends uh, Randy Alcorn's book entitled Heaven, uh, simple enough to remember. Uh, but also during my research for today's podcast, another book uh, was recommended to me uh, called Answers to Questions About Heaven uh, by David Jeremiah. Uh, I've not read it but I did read uh, some articles uh, that referenced uh, that source, so that might also be a good source to check out. All right, well, let's dive right in. Here is uh, the question that was submitted. So in my reading of Revelations, it seems to me that when Jesus comes back, earth will eventually become heaven. So do we die and are dead until Jesus comes back? It says that the dead shall rise and walk again, and they will inherit this kingdom forever and ever. Now, before I dive into answering this question uh, and this request, um, there's uh, one other thing I'd like to talk about uh, we need to consider as we do this. Um, the Bible sometimes is completely void of answers in some topics. And it's fun to philosophize about some theology as long as it stays in that fun discussion stage and doesn't become doctrinal belief. Then, sometimes the Bible insinuates something and, and we'll be tempted to speculate. But even then, we must leave the insinuation as an insinuation and not make it black and white doctrine. But then... And this is what we will be talking about today uh, for a, a part of this, is that there are passages that have strong implications that help us come to logical or clear understanding uh, of a bigger picture. With that being said, let's dive right into uh, the response today. Uh, first, I'd like to address a, a statement in the question which said, It seems to me that when Jesus comes back, earth will eventually uh, become heaven. Um, Yes and no. Uh, so first clarify that uh, the Bible uh, appears to talk about the current earth uh, that we're on now and then the new earth. Uh, and so it seems like this earth will uh, eventually be destroyed. We see in Isaiah 24, which uh, this is a strong implication, it says in verse 1, Behold, the Lord maketh the earth empty and maketh it waste. And then in verse 4 it says, The earth mourneth and fadeth away. 
And then even more clear, we see in 2 Peter 3, it says this, starting in verse 5. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. Talking about the judgment that we see in Genesis. But the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same word, the word of God, that is, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Down to verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also, and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth. Uh, and so it seems rather clear, especially here in 2 Peter 3, that the current earth that we live in and the, and the current universe, that would be, be the heavens, the, the stars and the planets, uh, that it's all appearing to uh, be destroyed at some point. And we'll come back to that briefly at the end. That being said, the question really is this. Do we die and are dead until Jesus comes back? And so I believe what's being asked here is when someone who's a believer dies, what happens? Are they in some sort of frozen soul state in the grave waiting for the resurrection to happen? What happens when a believer dies? And so let's just dive right into scripture. I got a lot of scripture right here um, and see what it appears to say. And 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 6-8 says this, Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Obviously, it seems that it's talking about our soul in the body, and as long as our soul is in our body, that we're absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. So this very simple passage right here implies rather strongly that while our souls and our body were absent from the Lord, when our soul is no longer with our body, then we're present with the Lord. Philippians 1, 23 says this, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose I wot not, for I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. And so Paul here, once again, strongly implies here that if you were to die, he'd be present with the Lord, but he knows that it's more important for him to remain in his flesh, in his body, uh, to be on earth and to serve. Uh, in Luke 23, we see this unique and probably one of the strongest passages for this uh, is Jesus on the cross and the two criminals on, on, on each side of him. And here's what we see happen there in Luke 23, starting in verse 39. And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. 
And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Jesus doesn't say, All right, you're going to die. And while you're going to be, you're going to be waiting, you'll be in some sort of frozen state, and then we'll all be together some point in the future. No, he says today, literally today, you'll be with me in paradise. Now, that being said, the Bible also talks about our bodies, which are still here on earth after we die, whatever remains there are of that. Uh, but the Bible talks about it. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting in verse 50, it says this, Behold, I show you a mystery. And yes, we're talking about a mystery here. We can't use science or logic to make sense of this. This is a miracle. Defeating death is a miracle. Something happening with our deceased body, with our deceased ashes, with our deceased remains, whatever there is, and, and having them come back to life in some way is a miracle. And so, yes, I like how the, the scripture here says mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Obviously, it's referring to here that, that some of us of us believers will die, while others uh, will be around when Jesus returns. And so some of us will experience death on earth, while others won't. But it says all of us, whether we are dead at that point or alive at that point, will all be changed. In a moment... In the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruption shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. And so once again, the scripture here, it implies that that our bodies, whether dead or alive at that moment, will be changed from a corruptible body into an immortal body, an incorruptible body. I don't know what that looks like. I don't fully grasp that, but I'm understanding the logic of what this is. Our current earth bodies, dead or alive ones, they cannot function or work in the new kingdom on this new earth that is coming. And so we're given a new body. Similarly, we see this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, starting in verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, those that have already died, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. He's trying to make this very clear to those that have already died. They they haven't missed out on on the hope that is coming. They haven't missed out uh, on the kingdom. Uh, they're, they're, They're with God. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. 
So when you look at both of these passages, what you, what you see here is whether we're dead or alive, that our bodies will enter into uh, heaven, into this, into this new kingdom, to this new earth with new bodies. Uh, their bodies. Our bodies will be transformed. Whether we have dead bodies or living bodies, they'll be transformed into a new body that we've never had before. And all this kind of uh, comes together in Revelation 21. It says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and be their God, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. So, in conclusion with all of that, altogether, when we die, we're immediately with Christ. There's also something that happens with our bodies at the resurrection where our souls, it appears, are reunited with their bodies and we're given a new body uh, where we'll all be gathered together entering into this new heaven and new earth that we see in Revelation 21. That was really quick. That was really brief. I'm hoping it helped point us in the right direction with that. Now, if you're looking for some, some resources, you're having a hard time finding resources on a topic in the Bible, let me recommend to you gotquestions.org. That's G-O-T, gotquestions.org. Um, I'm not, uh, this is not a sponsor. I don't always agree with their stance uh, or position, but they have great articles that summarize different topics. Um, and the search engine on there works really good. Um, they use uh, lots of scripture references. Um, and then at the end of the article, whether you agree with it or not, then they list their resources at the end. And so it can kind of push you towards that. Generally speaking, I like to just get into the Bible, read it for what it says. If I'm having a hard time with it, then I can pull up in a commentary or listen to a sermon. Um, but this is just another great resource that maybe you can add uh, to that could be helpful to you. And once again, this isn't just a full-fledged endorsement like, oh yeah, they're always great. This is a, I'm, I just recommend it as a resource. Um, if you're having a hard time finding something, this gotquestions.org uh, has a great uh, setup there. Uh, please be sure to listen into episode five next week. Uh, for the first time, I'm having a guest here on The Biblicist, and we'll be talking about the big controversy from the law. We're talking about that elusive commandment that apparently we're all breaking called the Sabbath. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for listening to The Biblicist Podcast. I hope it has been a blessing to you. Once again, if you have a question about today's episode or have a topic you would like to hear discussed, please email us at thebiblicistpodcast at gmail.com. Until next week, remember, read the Bible, live the Bible. Have a blessed day.